Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Today, I am talking with my very good friend, Shelby Betancourt. She is a salon owner in Miami. She is a mindset and business coach, and she is also the host of the Healthy Wealthy Stylist Podcast. Um, She's been on a million times. I love Shelby to death. We have grown together so much in the last two years, and she always is a wealth of knowledge. Today, we are talking about hiring. I know for me, I have a lot of limiting beliefs around hiring. It's a little bit of a block that I have, um, and we dove into that today because Shelby, as a salon owner, Obviously, you've got to hire people, right? Whether it be um, bringing in people that rent from you or whether it be hiring help on the back end. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I do. Um, If you like it, you know what to do. Share it on the gram. Tag me. Tag Shelby. She is at shelby.betancourt. I always want to say .com, but that is not correct. (laughs) Uh, On that note, enjoy. Hello, Shelby. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. I just love talking with you, Misty. This is going to be such a great topic. It has been too long, first of all. I mean, we used to do this once a month, and now it's like, wait, we haven't chatted in a while. (laughs) Well, let's be honest. Life got busy, right? Yes, it did. Um, Before we start, for those of for the people listening that do not know who you are, who are you and what do you do? Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Shelby Betancourt. I am a salon owner. I own a rental chair salon in Miami, Florida. I am a stylist of 13 years. I am also a life and business coach, and I am training right now to be a breathwork facilitator. So I am bringing a lot of like health, um, mental and physical into my coaching, into my daily practice, into my salon. Um, So that's, that's basically who I am. I'm just like a healthy, 
hairstylist. <laughs> the happy, healthy hairstylist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I love it. I mean, you know, I love it. Obviously we've been through parts of our journey together. Um, and before we started this recording, we were talking a little bit about hiring. And I think that's the topic we're rolling with today, because I know for me as an independent stylist, um, and now a coach who, I mean, I have hired like out, like, um, what am I trying to say? Like from Upwork, like, a um, what am I, oh my God, why can't I think of the word I am trying to use? Virtual assistants, like, virtual uh, not assistants. even virtual assistants, just like, um, subcontractors essentially. Yes. Uh, but I've never actually hired an employee and I have a lot of limiting beliefs around it. Mm. Um, and I'd love to kind of dive into that a little bit with you, because I know that you've come a long way in how you hire and who you hire and all of the things. So, um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your journey in hiring people. Awesome. So, um, I have, I've always owned a rental chair salon. Like I have never, so this is coming from a point where, um, I've never hired a commission stylist. Uh, everyone has been like independent. So it's a different category where I'm not taking people who are fresh out of school. I'm taking people who are coming in with a clientele who have, you know, experience in the business and, someone who I want to fit into my culture or someone who's going to enhance my culture, give me something different in the culture that I have. So when I first started hiring, I had a business partner and we were very new in this whole space. I mean, it was our first rental chair salon. We came from a suite and what we would do is we would basically be like, this is what we give you. (laughs) This is our salon. This is what we can offer you. Look how amazing it is. Do you want to work here? (laughs) Like you were essentially trying to sell the salon to them, right? Yeah. Like we, we were just so excited and and we just wanted other people to work with us because we didn't want to work alone. So we were just like anyone who like took our bait, like basically anyone who saw like our ad on Instagram or anything like that, we were just like, you need to come work here. Cause like, we don't want to be alone anymore. (laughs) Come Um, hang out with me. (laughs) Yeah. To the point where like it started I started getting worried about it. Like, um, luckily the people that we hired were amazing, but I remember there was this one person in particular and my business partner, her name was Veronica. Veronica came up to me and she's like, Hey, um, what do you think about this person? And I looked at their Instagram and their clientele just was not the vibe. Like there were women twerking after their, you know, hair appointments. And it was just one of those things that I was like, okay, this is um, not who I'm trying to call in. And Veronica was just like, no, let's give them a chance, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, I feel a little weird about this. Like, this is something that just doesn't feel right to me. I was like, the vibe is off. Yeah. I was like, how about this? Why don't you interview them? And then if they pass, they'll interview with me. And she was like, okay, cool. That sounds good. So th- that was the first turning point that we changed. It was like, I got a bad vibe, but she wasn't getting a, a bad vibe. So she interviewed that person and she came to me and she's like, listen, like everything is great. They're awesome. Yeah, da, da, da. I was like, okay, well, why are they leaving their salon? And she's like, it's so crazy. Um, you know, the, the owner just like packed up their things and just like sent them out. And I was like, interesting. That's, that's interesting that this would happen. Right. So I was like, can you ask them for three references? And Mm. I was like, I just have, I just want to get to know who they are. Um, I want to know the salon that they worked at because I want to know what's going on. Like you don't just pack up someone's things 
without something drastic happening. Right. Um, and maybe it was the salon's fault. Maybe the salon was just like crazy or like they didn't want any more stylists, but I just had a weird feeling. I never heard from that stylist again. Really? See? Yep. Yep. So that was the turning point where I was like, okay, this has to be different. Like we cannot interview the way that we are interviewing. We already have like a base amount of people. We still had chairs available, but there was like, I was like, we're, we can be a little picky now. Right. Um, and we were very fortunate that like the people who started were amazing. Like they, they're so good. They were, they never gave us any problems, never, you know, paid rent, like not on time. Like everyone was awesome. Everyone like integrated very well. The culture was good. Um, so now that I'm a solo owner, so I've been a solo owner for about three years now. Um, my interview process is different where the first thing that I do is I have them talk with me on the phone. Mm -hmm. I don't meet them in person. So Mm -hmm. When they inquire, they'll either like reach out via email or DM and I'll send them a form. I just do like a basic Google form. Um, and in the Google form, it will ask them like, hey, do you have a clientele? Um, do you work with an assistant? Do you want to work with an assistant? Um, do you have any questions for us? Have you ever worked in a rental chair salon? If so, what's the name of the salon? Um, just like basic questions, just to get to know them. Just so, cause like, honestly, if someone's reaching out to me and they don't have any type of clientele, they're starting out fresh. They're not my ideal renter. That can just like save me time. Right. Right. Why do an interview? Why? Right. And I think knowing um, a little bit about how they work is huge too. You know, I mean, I even think asking like, you know, do you double book? Like, it's a good question. Just, just maybe you only have, you know, you're a salon with maybe only one or two shampoo bowls. Like, I feel like those are important things. Um, So I like that. It's like, cut the fat. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we're all busy. Like when you're a salon owner, you're, you're wearing all the hats here and like, you have a personal life too. So you don't want to waste your time, like getting ready for someone and meeting up with them. And then they no show. Right. Has that (laughs) happened? Um, no, no, that's not good. Lucky you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so then the second, so then they set up the the phone interview. I say like, Hey, we can do a phone interview. It can be zoom, but I I just prefer a phone. Like, I don't need to see what you look like. I already stalked your Instagram. Like any information you gave me, I already like looked into. Um, so we'll do a phone interview. And I basically like, I have learned a lot to just let them talk, like Mm -hmm. just hold that space for them. And I allow there to be pauses. I allow there to be, you know, awkward moments for them where they can feel like they have to ramble on um, because that helps me get to know like who they are. Right. Um, So that's been really cool. This past interview that I just did. So I just uh, hired someone on Monday. Yeah. On Monday. Um, What happened was I invited her to one of my mastermind meetups Mm -hmm. and she was like, Hey, like make a long story short her old manager told her about me. And it was like, Hey, if you're looking to like leave the salon, you should check out this girl, Shelby. She's doing big things. She's, you know, um, hosting, like she's hosting events. Her culture is really good. Mind you, I don't know this person, which is great. Really. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So cool. Um, so she had reached out to me and she was like, Hey, um, I can't come to your mastermind, but I'd love to meet you in person. And I was like, cool, like stop by anytime. Mm -hmm. And she ended up stopping by and she was like, Hey, like, you know, I'm thinking about leaving my salon. I was like, Oh shit, this is an interview. I (laughs) (laughs) I thought you just wanted to like hang out. (laughs) So 
um, make a long story short, we ended up, she ended up reaching out to me and she was like, Hey, like, I really want to meet up with you. Um, I really want to talk to you further about working at Maker's Loft. And I was like, okay, we can, we can meet up. It went against my rules, but I had already had her fill out the form. I met her in person already. So I was like, if she wastes my time, then I'm willing to take that chance. But the fact that she's reaching out to me right. is different. So when we met, we talked about like what her finances are. Like anytime someone's trying to go into a rental chair salon, it's a big leap. Like if you're going from commission to rental, it's, it can be scary. Right. And I understand that because I was there. Like I, you know, Same. I yep. did that transition. Um, so I always like ask them, like, do you, are you clear in your numbers? Mm-hmm. And probably 90% of the time they're like, no, I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's like, that's completely fine. Cause hey, I know a girl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know a girl. <laughs> Um, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. I would like for you to look over your numbers because that's the only way those facts are the only way that you're going to feel like you can do this. And what I do to sell the salon is I say, Hey, listen, this is an agreement. This is an agreement that like on my end, I'm asking for you to be my tenant. I'm your landlord. You are my tenant. So in this agreement, you are expected to pay rent. Um, to be in a co-working space. So play your part in a co-working space, um, meaning we all clean up together. We, we share things like there's floating stations. You don't have like a direct station. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically like, don't be an asshole. Like right. my culture is more important than the income that you're giving me. Right. And I tell them, I'm like, so if you can hold up that end of the deal where you can financially commit to X amount of dollars a week, a month, whatever, and you can play in, like you can work amongst other people in a team-based environment, although you are independent. So you are bringing in your own clients, your, your, your marketing. I'm not feeding you anything. I'm your landlord. I'm not your boss. Right. If you can agree to that, then this will work. Mm. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking to see how good you are at hair. Yes, it's a plus. I want you to be good at doing hair, but I want to make sure that like you stay in this, like you can fit into this culture and you can fit into this brand and you can work alongside. And I don't have to chase you for money. Like I want to hire adults. Right. I love that because I'm hearing the shift of like, you know, at the beginning of like, I'm going to sell the salon, please come work for me. Kind of that scarcity mindset, right? Like that, Mm -hmm. like, I just want anyone rather than now it's like, no, no, no. Like I know what I have to offer. Like, do you fit into my mold? You know? And it, yeah. that goes a long way. Yeah. It's like, it's been like a total shift. And mm-hmm. I even did that when I had no, no staff, like at the beginning of this year, I lost half my staff for like bigger and better things for them. Like no one left because they like hated me and they're like, screw this place. They all <laughs> left to open their own space to expand. Um, so even when I was like, quote unquote, desperate, where I was like, like, I need this income, like this income, like this is a big income shift for me. I still was like, the, the quality matters. Mm-hmm. The, the quality of the person matters because one bad stylist, one bad, you know, whatever, one sour ingredient can mess up the whole, the whole thing. I totally agree. I, I have left salons because of one person that is, was yeah. not an owner. You know, um, let me ask you internally, what was that shift for you? Um, internally it was 
if money was not a thing, what would my heart say? Ooh. And it's also, I care so much about the staff that works with me. I don't want to be the one who brings in someone that messes it up. Right. Yeah. So it's not for me. It's for them. It's right. for the collective. It's for my, my clients. I don't want my clients to not feel comfortable. I don't want my clients being like, who the hell is this person like walking in here? Right. And like, mind you, I have, you know, like the, the stylists that I hire, they are creative. So like my newest stylist, one thing I love about her is her energy, but she has tattoos everywhere. She has a mohawk. She's very like edgy, but her energy is so fucking good. And that's what's in alignment. I don't need someone who's, you know, like Instagram famous or like super beautiful and all this kind of stuff, but they have like a bad attitude. Like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I've worked with one of those. (laughs) Yeah. I've worked with, I've worked with those too. So like, I don't care about like what you look like. Um, you know, what type of, I mean, for, I do care about what type of clientele you're bringing in because they're like, I want everyone to feel comfortable, but to answer your question, the shift was like, the, I feel like I, I'm in control of the culture. And the only thing that you provide as a rental chair salon owner is the culture. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not providing the business. You're not providing the income. You're not providing anything else, but the culture. So yeah. learning to like, dig, like dive into that and knowing that like, if my stylists are happy, like my stylists can go anywhere the hell they want. They can open their own business. They have the numbers, the proof, the income, all those things. The reason why they're staying there is because of what I hold together as the collective and right. the culture that I've cultivated. What do you like? What is like a deciding factor for somebody? Like what, like, as far as culture, like you meet somebody, you interview them, you get to the second interview, you know, and, and what is that thing that you're like, yes, that is what I want. Cause I know that like, I had this conversation with my husband all the time. It was not in the hair industry. That would be very hilarious if he was though, (laughs) um, is, you know, you can learn anything, right? Like say this person that's coming in now, like coming from commission salon, like you can learn how to be a business owner, but like, if you are not like one willing to learn, or if you are not, you know, a certain, maybe have a certain growth mindset or something like that, like that, that is like something that like outsiders can't teach you unless you're willing to want it, if that makes sense. So, so what is that thing? Like, what is the thing that like, yes, I want this person for you. Mm. You know, it used to be, I can tell you what it used to be. It used to be the hustle. Like I wanted someone who wanted to fucking hustle because I believed that you had to hustle in order to make it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted someone who was like, yeah, I want to work late nights. I want to like do whatever it takes to gain this clientele. Mm -hmm. And now I want someone who just wants peace. Someone who yeah. wants a, a place to work at that they feel comfortable in. They want to bring in their guests. They want it to be comfy because I feel like, again, I'm in Miami. So in Miami, it's very, you know, like it can be a very uptight. It can feel like very snooty in places. And I've never wanted that in my salon because I believe that my salon is one of the few places that you don't have to put up a front to be in. Right. I love that. And Right. Like, and especially being, um, a non-Latina, like I, I don't speak Spanish. Um, and it can get very like cult, like, (laughs) right. And very clicky, like, and the fact that I don't speak Spanish, it, 
it separates me from a lot of people. Like you go to a restaurant and you want to like talk to the waiter or you want to like get in with the hostess, you speak in Spanish. Right. And that's how you kind of like get in, or you have to like be wearing a certain bag or like certain, you know, designer. And for me, I'm like, I don't, yes, that's nice. It's nice to like look pretty and have these nice things, but like, I want someone who wants peace and wants a great work environment and who wants to maintain that peace. So even when there is a problem, because there are problems that come up, there's, you know, the little shit, oh, this person, I noticed that some of my lightener was taken, or I noticed that some of this, because like, we're very family styled. We're right. like, we sharing. Have, like, yeah, sharing, like, you run out of like 9V, you can just take my 9V and just replace it. Like, I mean, I am doing something with salon scale that's going to like improve that, but um, that's just, it's just one of those things. So when something like that happens, rather than me being the boss, I step in. And if someone comes to me and they're like, Hey, this person I noticed was using a little bit of like my product. I'm like, okay, well, have you talked to them? And if they're like, no. And I'm like, well, I invite you to go talk to them. Yeah. And I was like, if it's really bothering you, go talk to them. Um, if you want me to talk to them, I'm going to address it with you because I don't think that it's, you're going above to talk to me. I believe that we're all on the same equal playing field. Um, or like, I can let it be known like, Hey, this person, like, don't touch this person's stuff. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I want to keep the peace and I don't want there to be drama. So if there's this little bit of drama, just go talk to the person. And I let them know. I tell every single stylist this, I'm like, do you believe that that person was trying to be an asshole? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, because you said that you don't think that they're trying to be an asshole. Do you think that this is that big of a problem? Right. And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, so we're, we're in agreement. Like no one was trying to be an asshole. You notice that this was being taken or like someone was using this you, do you feel like you have permission to just talk to them? And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, okay, cool. Done. Like, yeah. Taking the emotion, essentially taking the emotion out of something that doesn't need to have emotion around it. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back a little bit to the hiring thing, because again, as somebody who has never like officially hired, like a W2, well, I guess technically, well, no, you, you've hired, right? Like somebody that's like a W2, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have so much fear around it, right? The fear is, um, what if it's the wrong person? Um, you know, their financial like situation is, feels like it's on me, like all of these things, right? Um, have you felt that way? And if you have felt that way or haven't, why? Okay. Yes, absolutely. So I took the biggest leap this last year by hiring my sister full-time. She's my W2 employee. She's my salon manager, communication manager. Um, the, I felt a hesitation because one, I pulled the salary that I'm giving her because she's salary based out of my ass. (laughs) I was like, it feels like I could probably afford this. Right. (laughs) And Um, the reason why it felt very uncomfortable is because I didn't know my finances and what made me feel more comfortable was as time went on, because I just jumped the gun and I hired her. I was like, okay, done. Like, we're going to just pay you this amount and this is going to work and it's going to be W2 and it's going to be like taxes taken out and all this kind of stuff. After that, like learning that, like I could have just budgeted this in, if I would have just known like how much 
you know, I go through ADP. So ADP is like a, a processor mm-hmm. that takes out yep. the taxes. And I all use that. it too. Yeah. I'm my um, own employee. Yeah, so. I, I give myself a W-2. <laughs> yeah, I give myself yeah. a W-2 too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like getting clear on what the fees are and what their salary is, like at the end of the day, like I talk straight up numbers, like, yeah, let's say you're making like a thousand dollars a week. You're really only going to be taking home, let's say like 800 just for like easy numbers and being very clear about that. And like knowing if that's energetically going to work. Right. Um, so that is scary, but the, the best thing about money, which you know, is that one plus one will always equal two. And it's, it's the only money is literally just the fact. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's the only thing in life that we have a guaranteed like outcome yeah. from it. Like you have a hundred dollars in the bank and you spend 80 of it guaranteed. You're only going to have $20 guaranteed. Yeah. Like there's no like, oh, well, if the world flips upside down and Mercury is in retrograde, you're going to have $16. Like, no, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not. So I think just being very clear on what your budget is as far as like the money side and like with hiring someone, the personality thing, or like knowing if they're the right fit, you're only going to know that from uh, trial and error. Like mm-hmm. really, like you're, you, you hire the person, you train the skill. Yes. You find like good fucking people and you train the skill. Yeah. Like, I think it was Gary V that said, um, hire fast or no hire slow fire fast. Yes. or something like that. And I really liked that. Cause it's like, that's a good point. Cause I think sometimes we give, I hate to say this, but, and I could change my mind when I start hiring people, <laughs> but I feel like, um, we give people too much benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I feel like they show us our true colors a lot faster than we actually realize if that and, makes sense. Yes. And another thing is one of the things I've learned when having like a W-2 is that if someone is messing up in their job, it's your fault first. Mm, yeah. So like if, for instance, like my sister was, what's something that she's done that she messed up on? Uh, I think it was inventory. She was messing up on inventory where she was like overordering or not paying attention to something. And I was like, what did I do wrong when I told her how to do this? Mm, and yeah. it's like, I didn't have a good system. And I didn't ask her, Hey, is this working out for you? And she's like, absolutely not. Like, I'm confused on where this thing is. Can I move this around? And just by asking her how to make her job easier, it like, it helped. So it's like, it's two parts. It's you finding you blaming yourself. Like, Hey, like, how could I, you know, taught her better. Um, and it's asking them what they need in order for it to be better or easier or more efficient. Like yeah. something as simple as like in the, I use Schwarzkopf color. So mm-hmm. on one side of the box, it's a small number. And on the other side of the box, it's a big number. And she wants me to open all the boxes on the big number side. So when she's doing inventory, she can see the numbers easily. Right. So it wasn't anything that much more difficult for you to switch up. Yeah. yeah. And and it, it's so true though. I think taking, especially as a leader, taking responsibility for, you know, just because somebody is a leader doesn't mean that they know everything or can read people's mind, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, if you want to take the job as a leader, you have to take responsibility. If the people that are helping you don't know something, <laughs> like you know, yeah. and especially when you have more than one employee, like, how do you know that Susie over there is like having a hard time. 
Like, how right. do you know? You don't know. You can't keep track of everyone and how their like how their energy is that day. Like, right. <laughs> so having you know those check ins with them and like I like I'll go up to people and like, hey, um, how's everything in the salon? Is there anything that you want us to do differently? Or is like, how's Megan? Like, is Megan like helping you with this? Like, what do you need more help in? Because like if you don't, if I don't ask you, you're not going to tell me. And then you're going to go like months and being like, Shelby just fucking ignores me. And she doesn't care that, you know, we ran out of milk, like, you know, something as simple as that. Right. And most like just giving them the permission and the, like the leadership to be like, you have a say. Yes, absolutely. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And it's like, I, I want people to come to me with their problems as well as a solution to a certain extent. Cause I think about like salons that I've worked in in the past. And like, even I was guilty of just bitching about something, right. Either bitching about something to the owners or just bitching about something in the back room, not to the owners, which does nothing, you know, <laughs> but just upsets everyone. And it's like, I would love if I had employees, I would love for them to come to me and say, I have this problem. Let's figure out a solution rather than just like, Hey, here's this problem, fix it. Hey, here's this problem again. Fix it. No, no, no. Let, let's chat. What do you think would better this problem? I So I think that, again, it comes down to kind of taking responsibility, right? On both ends. It, it starts with you, though. It starts with the leader because you show them what type of leadership you expect from them. Right. So I had a meeting with uh, Megan this quarter and I was like, hey, in this next season, like in this next quarter, the end of the year, I need more leadership from you. Mm-hmm. So that looks like, you making decisions without me. And Mm. if you need to have my input on it, I want you to ask yourself, can this wait till Monday? Like, can this, can we have like our day off? Like my day off is Monday. Can this wait till Monday? Or if it's urgent, how urgent is it? And can we like keep note of how urgent it it is? Because, you know, when you're working in the salon and you're a salon owner, like I'm behind the chair full time. So when I step away from the client and I have that like 15 minutes to like rehydrate, eat, breathe, you know, pee. decompress, <laughs> pee, yeah, anything. And she's coming to me and she's like, hey, this person wants this and this person wants this. And this person said that Tuesday doesn't work, but Friday does. And I'm like, did you need to tell me that? Or this person says that they're mad that they can't get in this week. Okay, well, is that like a, a nice to know or a need to know? Like, right. I don't need to know that. So yeah. I need more leadership from, from you to be like, okay, I'll put you on the waiting list. If something becomes available, you'll be the first person to contact. You don't need to talk to me about that. Like, I don't need to know that. Or like, okay, this is like a problem that Shelby needs to address. Hey, I'm going to have, I'm going to talk with Shelby on Monday and we'll get back to you. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of just various communication, right? Like like honing in on your communication. Would you say that that is what, so say somebody's about to start hiring people, what do they need to work on before they begin? Do you think it's communication? Mm-hmm. Do you think like, what What do you think is the most important thing to like focus on internally before you start that journey? Yeah, um, I think, yes, it's communication, but it's also knowing like, why am I hiring this person? What is this person's weekly, monthly, and daily tasks. Like, what do I expect from them? Like having a system for them. So Mm -hmm. like my sister knows on a daily task, she's answering emails. She's answering text messages. She's client communication. She's, you know, um, confirming appointments. She's moving that around. 
monthly tasks, she's doing orders, she's tracking inventory, she's tracking finances, or well, finances would be on a weekly task. So it's like, when you're going to hire someone, you can't just be like, well, I need, you know, a salon manager. What does that look like? What is that person doing? You need to literally like create the job mm-hmm. and the role and the like the monthly, weekly, daily task. So when you give it to someone, you can be like, hey, this is what I expect. Does this, can you fit in this category? Like, what can you, can you do these things? And what else can you bring to the table? Yeah. I mean, I think even like doing your daily thing, like before you hire, right, do your daily thing, start writing down the things that you don't want to do anymore. (laughs) Like that can be a huge start, you know, just like, Hey, I want somebody that can do this for me, this for me, this, I hate Canva. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like it can be helpful. And then having those like check-ins, like, so this is like after you hire them, like having those check-ins of like, Hey, this is what's working and this is what's not working. So yes, it's communication, but it's also like, um, it's that form of like, I know what I need and this is what I'm hiring for. I, even when I hired my sister, I'm like, I I don't know what I need her to do, but I know I need help. And the more clear I got on those tasks, the more I was like, oh, dang, she like did that. And if something came up where I'm like, oh, I wish she did that. And I'm like, well, she doesn't know to do that. I haven't told her to do that. Right. So how can I get mad that this isn't getting done or that I feel like I'm doing everything still? Right. Yeah. I mean, people can't read your mind. It it essentially hiring is a relationship. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and all relationships work with communication and you got to figure out what communication works out for you. Cause like for me, it was the, like, we can't talk about business when I'm behind the chair. Like, no, that's not going to work. I, my head's not there. I'm going to be snappy with you. I'm going to be like short answered. I'm going to be like, we can't talk about this now. And I don't want that. I don't want her to feel like she can't come to me with a problem. Right. So what communication works out for us? Like we don't text each other. We have Voxer for like communication. Um, and it's like, if you're going to Voxer me, you know that I'm not going to answer you after 8 PM. I'm not going to answer you on Sundays and vice yeah. versa. Like yeah. if I like, cause as a salon owner, things pop into your head. You're like, Oh my God, I forgot about this. Like, you know, Cosmoprof is having a sale. We need to hold off. And like, it's like, okay, well, I'll box her that. And when she gets, you know, back on her phone, like to work, then she has the permission to see it. And she has the permission to ignore it too. Right. Boundaries on both ends, Boundaries. which yeah. also need to be communicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So- I feel like it's all just around communication. <laughs> Yeah. So if you're looking to hire someone, I would like get really freaking clear on like what tasks you need them to get done and like write it out in a monthly, weekly, daily, and like keep it by you. Like if you, if you're good on your phone, you have a little notebook, like just like keep those things by you and really think about what, what the type of person you need to do that job. So I need someone who's friendly, who's really good, who likes text, like all of our communication is through text. So I need someone who likes to be like a texter. I'm a very dry texter. Like I don't really like to text. I do like LOL and thumbs up all the time. So (laughs) I'm not trying to hire someone like me who's dry. I'm trying to hire someone who's like spunky and, you know, nice. Lots of exclamation points like me. (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) emojis and you got it girl. Like, you know what I mean? Like bubbly. I need someone who's bubbly. Um, and then like, that will help you get a little more clear in the hiring process because then you can be like, this person's a fit. This person feels right. This person, and like, you'll know your numbers, you know what you can offer them. Um, Having a game plan for what their 
career looks like because mm-hmm. that's another thing that I'm like getting into now is like my sister came up on her one year and I'm like oh shit like I need to give you more money <laughs> right <laughs> and I, I'm opening another salon and budget's really freaking tight right now it is it's like a lot of my money is going right back into the business and I'm, you know, finding sources for, you know, other income and all this kind of stuff. So having a plan, which I'm hiring someone to help me with my budgeting, I'm hiring, I mean, I'm bringing on salon scale and I'm like having Alicia and her team help me with like monthly, quarterly, daily, weekly goals. So I can give my sister bonuses and I can give her a career path to like, Hey, next, this is what you can make this year. This is what you can make next year and next year. And like, giving her that because I know how valuable she is, but I also know that she needs to make more money. And if I don't, if I'm not clear on that and I don't have that like team behind me who are really good at numbers, then how the hell am I going to give her a career path? Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah. I was going to say that's important in general because people without some kind of growth that they know is coming, they are more prone to leave because they're going to find it somewhere. Yeah. Well, and that might be the reason why they stay. It's like, oh, well, I have really, like, I, I worked at a summit salon, like a, you know, mm-hmm. the like Redken Summit. Yeah. Um, and I stayed at that salon because I believed that I was going to make X amount of money when I was at level six. Like I, right. I left at level five, but I, I had the numbers for level six and it was level five, level five, a five, a, a level six. So I'm like, dude, I have the numbers for like three more levels higher than this. If I just keep on going, like I'm going to make so much money. Right. And it made me want to stay there. I, I was there for three and a half years. It's the longest I've ever been. I've ever worked for someone. And it was because I had a clear path. It wasn't like I had numbers. For, it felt so good. Like, yes, it was it's like a I game. Was yeah. Yeah. And like, the communication was there because we had meetings every three months and it was like, Hey, here's the numbers. What's working for you. What's not working. I see that you're struggling here. How can we help you with that? And just knowing that they had my back and they wanted me to succeed. They wanted me to make more money. That was like, I was like, I have, I have everything I need here. I don't ever want to leave. Yeah. I love that. And and it's so, it's so, so true. What would you say to the stylist or the salon owner or anyone who's ready to delegate something, hire somebody to help them? Um, But again, they're scared, right? They just have all these fears. They don't know what they're doing, all of the, you know, whatever the fear may be. What would you say to them um, to kind of ease their fears a little bit? Mm -hmm. Um, A year from now, what's it going to cost you by not hiring that person? Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I mean, essentially you're hiring somebody to elevate your life, right? Like in reality, leave it to be a hundred percent true that you can do it all on your own. Mm -hmm. Like, do do you really think that you can do it all on your own? If you do, and you, you don't need anyone else because it's going to be harder if you have someone else. Right. And I feel like if somebody's thinking about hiring, then they probably need to pursue it, right? Like, I mean, there's been times in my life where I've had no desire to hire anyone because I just didn't feel like, no, I've got everything under control. It's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, then there's times where it's like, hmm, hmm okay, <laughs> let's let's learn how to do this. <laughs> also, like if you're a salon owner and you're looking to hire, like, let's say like a manager or like someone who's going to be like, not so much a stylist, like someone who's going to be like doing the operations of the, Um, salon, you can ask yourself like, okay, 
what value would this person bring to my stylist? And ask your stylist, like, hey, what do you wish you had? Like, right. do you wish that, like, if they're like, oh, I wish someone would just check out my clients for me, or mm-hmm. I wish someone would just like clean up a little bit, like, and you just ask them and be like, okay, well, maybe that's an alignment. And if it's a money thing, it's like, well, can you take a little bit, you know, where can you take from to hire this person? Cause if like, if you're taking like whatever X amount of money from the business, but the business can make more money because it's cleaner. The stylists aren't worrying about that. It's a better atmosphere. So now it's attracting more clients to you. You're happier. So you're excited to be at work. Like, isn't that worth it? I'll tell you what, anything to make your life happier, being, especially being able to do something you're passionate about. You know, I mean, I know a lot of hairstylists, they are just passionate about what they do. They like helping people, all the things, anything to make your life, enjoy it and not wake up in the morning and go, I don't want to fucking go to work today is always worth it. In my opinion, always. Yeah. My clients see the shift that I've had, especially in this past year where I don't have to worry about inventory. I don't have to worry about like a lot of things that are going on in the salon because I have Megan. So like even my clients are like, wow, you like, you seem like you're just so much happier. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I figured out all the things that I didn't like about being a salon owner and I have Megan do them. Yes. <laughs> so I get to be a hairstylist. I get to be behind the chair. I get to do the things that I want to do. And maybe that's just for a season. Like maybe that's just for the next like couple of years. And then I realize that like my value is better out of being behind the chair and, you know, somewhere else. But for right now, this is what it looks like. We worry so much about like the future, the future, the future. And it's like, but what if you could change your mind? What if you could hire this person for like this one area, but they could evolve into a different area? Yeah. I think that's the, one of the biggest issues with people, including how I used to be. I'm not this way anymore. Um, we could talk about this on a whole nother podcast, but, um, where we think that every decision we make is final. Mm, yes. And it is not, and, and you can change your mind. And I realize why we think that is because we worry about what other people think. We worry about how it looks. We worry about, you know, all of these things. Like, do I look like a failure or people going to think I don't succeed when it's like, no, like this shit just doesn't work for me anymore. And I want to do something different. It's like wearing a different shirt that I just don't like the way it looks on me anymore. Like it's, it doesn't have to be so heavy. It doesn't have to have a story attached to it. Yeah. And who the fuck are people? Like who's people exactly. are worried about? Like exactly. Who are they? That's what I always say. Who are they? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true. I'm, you know, I mean, you know that about me though. I'm all about starting messy. And if you don't like it, fuck it, just do something else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the things that like really gets me, I don't know who said this, but like, they're going to hate you if you're successful and they're going to hate you if you're not. Yep. Whoever they are, like, yeah, whatever. And it is what it is. But for me, I'm just like, if I can make the people that I care about more successful by implementing new systems and learning how to pivot and learning how to be like, Hey, this isn't working. Let's like stop this now. And let's, you know, find resources, like other ways to do it. Like I've changed the way that we do inventory, like six fucking times in the past year, right? Because like something as simple as turning the box around has made a big difference. Right. Um, So it's like, things can always get better. And if you're always like, happily dissatisfied with your business, like meaning like things are going good, but they could be better. And here are ways that we can like make it better and like asking and all that kind of stuff. Then that's 
that's how any other job, any other career, any other, like, you know, you want to be the CEO and you want to be like, you know, this boss bitch, you got to think like one. And you know what happens when you think like one, you change things a lot and you drop the ego and you just go straight to facts. And you're like, I need this. And this is what needs to get done. And I'm going to like write out the tasks that need to get done. And I'm going to have the right person do them because if I can't do them, then that's fine. And I'm going to accept the fact that if this person messes up, that's on me. Right. Do you think the majority of stylists who open a salon have that mentality of, I want to be like a CEO. I want to be a boss bitch. No, I don't either. I think that they think, and I was this person. Okay. So I'm just going to talk for myself. Um, I never wanted to open a salon first off, (laughs) Me but but when I started like playing around with it, I started thinking, how much money can I make being a salon owner? Mm. And I started thinking, how can I work less and have other people work more? Mm-hmm. for me. And in a sense, yes, you can get there, but you don't open a salon to work less, not, not starting out. No, no, no. Right. Like there, yes, I believe that there are seasons of flow, like where you're just like stepping back, you're relaxing and you like, I, I'm implementing this, like I only lead from an overflowing cup, mm-hmm. but you know what that requires work. Yeah. It requires me taking time to meditate every day. It requires me to like, be like, Hey, this doesn't feel good. Give me, can you give me a couple of days? And then I'll come back to you with that because I need to fill my cup in order to make this decision for the collective. Cause right now I'm running on E I'm a little emotional about this. I know that this isn't going to serve all of us, even if it comes out to be the same answer, even if I'm like, you know what? Yeah, we got to do that. Let, let me like sit back and, you know, fill my cup a little bit and feel good about this, embody this, see what it feels like, see how it feels good, how it feels bad, all the things. And then I'll come back to you with my answer. Right. Rather than being reactive and just immediately, because I mean, I know for me, I think you're similar. I know, you know, I, anger is like, that is my jam. Like that's naturally whatever the situation is, I'm gonna get mad or defensive or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you got to step back for a second, take a breath, you know, figure out what is the actual question? What is, how do I want to answer this? What outcome do I want from this? Um, And I think that goes a long way. You said something a second ago about um, wanting people wanting to open a song because they want more money and work less. I hear that still all the time all the time. I will work with clients and they will be like, I'm a commission stylist and I'm just ready to make more money and work less and go independent. Now I opened a a suite alone, 110 square foot, nothing fancy. I realized very quickly (laughs) that you are, even with me by myself, you are working 20 times more. I realized what I was paying commission on um, almost immediately. You know, so it's always interesting to me when people say that and also learn that I didn't necessarily pay myself that much more. You know, I had other perks that like made it feel like I paid myself more because I was funding my education, not through my personal income and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there's a lot of misconceptions about going out on your own, whether it's independent booth rental or opening a salon or whatever that are just not the reality. Yeah, no, it's not. And you know, I can honestly say, and I'm like open to say this, but this year I've made the least amount of money I've ever made. 
Yeah. And Same. I'm quote unquote, the most successful I've ever, my, my price point is the highest. I have the most amount of renters. I have the team that I need. Mm-hmm. I take home the least amount of money I've ever taken home. Yes. And, but that's why I'm bringing on salon scale. I'm changing. Cause I'm like, okay, this is a problem in my, in, in my salon. Who do I need to hire to figure out what this, like how I can change, like what, what needs to change. Right. So but opening a salon, like I'm, I'm going through the, you know, the permits, the demo, all that kind of stuff with the new location. And when things happen and you're opening this new space, whether it's like a suite or a full out build out in a salon, you're going to be triggered AF <laughs> about all the things. Like I call in trust every single day. I'm like, I trust my architect. I trust my contractor. I trust the city of Miami. I trust that everything's happening. But beyond that, the driving force is I feel called to have this sacred space, to have this space for my clients, my stylists. I feel, I know that this is going to be an amazing space. I know I'm going to work hard for it. I know that it's going to be abundant as fuck. It's going to make me a lot of money. But like, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it for the feeling, for the people who are going to be affected by this, the people who want to have their careers here, the people who, whose lives are going to be changed just by getting their hair done there. Like I'm not doing it for the money because the money will come. The money is just like, like an awesome, like, like bonus to doing something that you love. I mean, I, I agree with like this year is the least I've ever paid myself ever in my entire like adult career, but I'm doing something that lights me the fuck up Mm -hmm. and it's worth it. And I know that in the future, the money will come, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is what people forget about money. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when people say, well, money doesn't make you happy. Sure. Money helps make you happy. Don't get me wrong. Money gives you the opportunities. It, It provides a way to buy you know, experiences and things like that. But this is what people mean. Like if you are lit up, the money doesn't matter as much. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter the way that it matters when you're terrified that you're going to lose it all. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's so true. It's like, why are we holding on to something in our savings account so much? And we're working so fucking hard that we're losing our family, ourselves, our health. Like, Okay, you when you're on your deathbed, mm-hmm. <laughs> all that money you have in your savings account doesn't fucking matter. Or when you're so sick because you have run up all this anxiety, you haven't like that's why I'm bringing breath work into my practice cuz and into my, you know, my clients, other like into hairstylists around me through my masterminds because I'm like, "Hey, what's the common denominator? We're all stressed the fuck out." Mm-hmm. And what can we do? We can breathe. We can like you know, help our fight or flight. Like we can tap more into our body. We can release the, like the stress, the steam, the things that are building up. Be- yeah. And when you like release that stress, the things that you really want, you made space for, you made space for that money to come in, that those good clients to come in though, you know, those clients who want to pay those high prices, that confidence for your pricing, for whatever you're calling in, for whatever you're selling, like 
you need to make space for that, man. Like I was thinking about this exact thing the other day and I was thinking about holding money in your hand. Right. And if you're holding onto it so tight, I I like literally have this visualization of like it, like oozing out of your fingers and nothing else being able to get in, you know? And it's like, but if you like loosen it and it just sits there, like, some can blow away and then some can land back in your hand. And essentially like just letting go of that idea of that, like, I have to hold on to everything like so tightly, like it, it literally is blocking all of the things you're asking for. And it's a wild ride because I mean, even me as a money coach, I, this is something I've learned over the last two years. Um, and it's, but it's so unbelievably true. What do you, what money blocks have you had to come through being a salon owner? Mm. Um, That I'm supposed to make the most amount of money because I'm a salon owner. That's like Mm. the biggest thing. It would hurt my ego. If like someone else was making more money, I thought I was doing it wrong. Um, And like to, I still believe that I will be making more money than the stylist because I do have other sources of income. I'm just perfecting them right now. I'm still in the baby stages. Like I opening this new salon is kind of like a refresh for me. And I'm seeing it like that. I'm starting from square one. Like in my hairdressing career, I'm almost 14 years in. I should not be struggling for money at this point. But in my salon owning career, this is my first time being in like a brick and mortar, like on the street, a full build out. Like I've had, you know, I have my salon now, but it was a very easy setup. Like, was it, it already a salon? No, it was, no, it, it was an apartment, but I didn't have to approve, get approvals from the city. I didn't have to do a build out. Like I got, you know, incentives from my rent. Like my plumbing was done for free, which was awesome. Mm, yeah. So like it was expensive. It like, it probably cost me like $25,000 to do like, to make the switch. Um, where this one is like, you know, double plus. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, probably more than double. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I think like another like money story as a salon owner that I had to like go through was that, um, you know, it keeps on coming to me was like, you have to work hard for money and you have to hustle and you, it has to be like really, really hard or that people aren't going to like you. Okay. This is the one people aren't going to like you because you're the boss. Mm. Like it's lonely. It's lonely at the top aspect mentality. Yeah. I've been told by um, the last owner I worked for, she was like, Shelby, you think you know it all and that's why you'll never make it in life. And, you know, that really hurt. That was a, that was a thing that I still struggle with when, when I feel like I know something and I want to teach someone, I have to, like, I, I think about that and I'm like, am I just a know-it-all or do I really want to help this person? Or like, is this knowledge that I have really something that's of value? Um, the it's lonely at the top and that people are going to think that you're greedy. So one of the cool things I just, uh, I'm putting the same day that this releases, I have a podcast that's releasing and it's like lessons I learned as a um, rental chair salon owner. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is like working for independent stylists, they respect you as, um, as someone who is running a business more. Mm -hmm. So why do you um, think that is? They, because I'm teaching them how to run their business and how to make more money and how to think like a business and not think like an artist. Right. So when I come to them with resources for them, for instance, I'm going to start doing, um, uh, a thing where if they take color from me, 
I will send them a tab at the end of the week and it's going to be a percentage up. So I'm going to like put a little bit of, you know, like interest, interest. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. And when I explained that to my stylist, one stylist in particular, he was like, that makes sense for convenience. And I was like, yes, it's a convenience fee. That's yep. what it is. And so I think that by teaching them how to like, think like a business and think like a boss, when I implement things that are giving me a little bit of a kickback, they see the value in it and they see it as I'm an expander for them in their business. Now they know when they open their salon, they can implement these things to make more money. Right. And they're not mad at me for it. They don't see me as greedy. They see it as smart. They see it as I'm helping them. I'm giving them another resource. Yes. it, It costs a little bit more, but it's for their benefit too. Like they don't have to have a full stock of color anymore. They can just buy from me and you pick and choose a la carte what they use, especially if they're still building their clientele, they're still figuring out their niche. Yeah. I'm helping you. You don't have to do that upfront cost of all this color, but what you use for me, there's an upcharge because it's convenient. I like that. Yeah. That's like a huge lesson. That's something that I learned like in the past, like three months where I'm like, oh, this is why this is working for me because I'm teaching them those tools and I'm not the big, scary boss who knows everything and who's greedy. I'm not greedy. I'm helping them. So do you feel like, because I know I've worked in salons before that were, that didn't discuss finances at all. I mean, like as far as salon finances, like in commission salons. And then I've worked in places where they almost discussed it too much. Um, do you believe there's a fine line of talking about not necessarily like pricing and things like that, but like, so like what you have to deal with talking about it to your stylist, like money wise. Mm, Yes and no, it depends on. So if they're coming to me and they're asking why their rent is so high, Mm -hmm. I've never had anyone do that. So let's just say that, like, I've never, which is funny because I feel like that's a fear for, for booth rental um, owners. And it's like, are really people really going to ask? I mean, I feel like if you're giving the value, they don't need to ask. Yeah. I, I feel like when they see the culture, they see the culture, they see what we provide and the space that it's in and that they don't have to cover the overhead. Right. It's no question. So, um, if they're asking me about how I price things, Mm -hmm. I will explain like, Hey, my overhead is X amount but I'll turn it into them. So it, let's just say, so their rent's $400 a week. Mm-hmm. So if they're like, Hey, how much should I be charging? I'm like, all right, well, how much does it cost you to come to work? Right. And I go from there. I'm like, here are your expenses. And this is, how, and I like turn it on them and their expenses. I'm like, you know, you have rent at home. You have all this kind of stuff. You have your gas, your parking, all this, all these things. So to answer your question, no, I don't over explain the finances because they don't, they don't want to know that information. They want to know what's in it for me. What in my situation do like, do I need to know? So I know how much they pay in rent. (laughs) You know, I can give them those, those answers. Right. But everything else, that's my problem. It's my problem. How much I'm spending in Nespresso coffee. It's my problem. What, you know, the, all of that, that's not their problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I worked, um, but the last commission salon I worked at, um, towards the end, they didn't do this at the beginning. They started really complaining about finances 
And it was interesting because for a stylist, I started feeling like, is the business about to be out of business? Like, so I think there is a fine line of like being transparent if it needs to happen. And then like, really like saying too much. (laughs) Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, like, again, you're thinking about what's in it for them. So what are they thinking? Is it, is it their problem that finances are higher? Like my stylists know how much, like I'm very open about the fact that this new salon is costing me a lot of money. Right. I'm very open about it. I talk my podcast about it, my social media about it, like in the salon, like opening a business costs a lot of money, but I'm not coming to them and being like, you need to charge, like I'm charging you more because of this. Will I raise their rent once we move? Yes, probably because you know what? Things went up Yeah, and they will understand that, but I'm not putting the blame on them for things going up. I'm saying I need to go internally and figure out my processes. And along those processes, I'm going to come back and give them an offer. Like, Hey, this is how much rent is in this new space. These are like, you know what we provide take it or leave it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, this is a good conversation because again, I feel like it's not talked about as openly, um, Mm -hmm. as we have, which is awesome, which, you know, I love Shelby. I love that too. I came here for that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm like, wait, you don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want you on my podcast. Um, (laughs) um, I'm going to ask you one last question. This is the new question for the new rebrand of the podcast. What does a cash, cash confident stylist mean to you? Hmm. A cash confident stylist means that I am free in my business and my life. Mm-hmm. I think of freedom. I like that. I love that. Perfect. Shelby, tell everyone where they can find you. All right. So you can find me on Instagram at shelby.bettencourt. I have a podcast as well. It's called the Healthy Wealthy Stylist Podcast. Um, and those are the best two places. So um, Misty is on my podcast. I love having her on. We will have another recording with her soon. I'm just putting it out there in the universe. Um, but yeah. Just tell me when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, don't fuck around. <laughs> I might have time. Um, Shelby, thank you so much as always. Um, and I love seeing one. I love seeing how far you've come because I will tell you right now, this conversation that we had today is very different than some of the first conversations I had with you two years ago. And oh. literally my little heart was like, oh, <laughs> well, thank you so, so much. And right back at you, girl. Yes. <laughs> thank you for growing with me. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.